What up, what up, what up, guys? It's Let Them Burn, episode CYA, cover your ass, also known as Don't Eat Paint, except there's going to be a plot twist coming here very shortly. But before we do that, we have to uh, talk about our unofficial sponsor. Nick, would you do the honors? You would be talking about Butthurt Hefeweizen, Rob. That, that would the, flagship, the flagship product of Rule Zero Breweries. Because a case of Butthurt always makes everything better. <laughs> it really does. And the longer I sit on Twitter, the longer I sit on the internet, on social media, on Discord, all these different platforms, all these different means, the more I think, God damn, I really need to put some money, you know, into stock. I need to buy stock in Butthurt Hefeweizen. You yeah. really do. I, I swear to God, everywhere I go, everywhere I turn, there's a bunch of, you know, guys drinking the Butthurt because apparently it makes everything better because there's a lot of Butthurt going on. You know, that would, now that you bring that up, that would, if I were ever to start my own crypto project, it would be, it would be butthurt coin. That's what I would call it. And, and every time, you know, every time somebody, you know, somebody got butthurt, if they bought some, that would really drive the price up because everybody's butthurt all the time, right? <laughs> uh I don't follow all the crypto jargon too much. So are most of the symbols like the stock market where it's like three letters like BTC and well, is, there, is there more? It can it can be anywhere. It can be any number of letters. Most of them are three or four. Some of them are a little bit longer. Okay. So if you did a four letter one, you could do but. Right. You know? <laughs> so that, that's or how I be like hurt. Be yeah, hurt. B-H-R-T. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Or B-T-H-R-T. <laughs> Dude, you really ought to think about doing something like that. That actually would, you know, that would be a good novelty item that might actually turn into something. Someday. Well, you know, there there are stupider things in the crypto sphere that make money, so why not that? Also, yeah. also I'd want to do a Keepers of the Flame coin project <laughs> for, the, for the trad cons so they'd have something to invest in. You put a uh, Campbell's soup can on the front of the coin. Oh, I like it. <laughs> and put a time machine. Put the put the, the DeLorean time machine on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! No, it'd be like a there'd be like a a, a sorted across on one side and they use vault on the other or something like that. <laughs> I'm thinking more like. Uh... You know, I like the sword and the cross, and you can even put the the day's vault or whatever it is, or return. You know, with the V. You yeah, can, there you go. Actually, you that would be the that would be the, a great ticker symbol. Return. There you go. Yeah. But you put that on the front where it's the you know the medieval symbolism and the you know the the Roman slash Greek whatever. Well, sort of do a Knights Templar thing. Yeah. Right, right. That would right. be on the one side. That'd be like the heads. And then on the tail's end, it's a picture from Norman Rockwell. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Is do a Norman, you know, take one of the, the more popular ones where it's like the kids running to dad and the picket fence is there and he's got his pipe in his mouth and he's got his fedora on and he's, you know, reaching down for him and wifey's standing up on top of the porch and her, you know, calf link skirt. You know, one of those cigarette ads that, that people yeah. seem to think are reality. 
right. one of those things. Right. I think that'd be awesome. That's right. Free Bible comes included. Nice. <laughs> Western coin man from Joe Dolio. There we go. <laughs> oh, good morning, Christian. Oh, well, yeah, someone we know is is holding a crypto intro class. This this is where the coin comes into play. The butthurt coin. Oh, boy. Old Spice Rare Steaks with ketchup and vegans. What? I, this Dre is, he he does this kind of shit to me and Jack on Red Evening, too. He, he says this, you know, episode sponsored by Black Coffee and Bud Light, which he's not wrong. <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had an interesting experience this week because I, I, you know, as we've discussed before, I rarely drink beer, but I have all those. I have a 12-pack of Bud Light sitting in there, and, you know, sun comes by maybe once a week over here, and we'll drink one, and usually if I go over there, I'll just end up hauling half of them over there, so I, I was sitting here the other night, and, you know, I, I drink whiskey all the time, and it, you know, I don't drink a whole, whole lot of it, but it doesn't really affect me. I drank one Bud Light aluminum bottle, and, like, 10 minutes, I was, I was out like a light. It was like the best night the best night of sleep I've gotten in two weeks. <laughs> and it was from drinking one Bud Light in from a drinking one Bud Light. Light, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I guess I'm the opposite. I, I would be the guy that you give me a shot of something hard and it'd probably put me to sleep. But the beer, no. Beer keeps me up and rolling. So beer beer puts me to sleep and gives me a hangover. Bourbon does absolutely nothing. It seems to have no effect on me anymore. That's your superpower. I guess. So for all the guys that talk about getting sober and the virtues and benefits of sobriety, they're overlooking the fact that when you're a hard drinker, basically you're bulletproof. I guess. Oh. I mean, I've, I've gone through years of my life where I didn't drink anything. And I've gone through, you know, times like the last few years where... I drink on a, I wouldn't say a frequent basis, but a regular basis. And sometimes I have little marathons as you like when I went to Florida last month, right. but I honestly can't see how it's affected me one way or another, either way. I mean, it, you know, it's like, it's not, a, I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't either. Um, it's funny because when I was younger, uh, like pre, well, pre before I could legally drink, we'll, we'll start there. Hard alcohol was kind of my thing, but it was more like what you would do as a teenager and whatnot. You'd binge, you know, you, you didn't do it every day all the time. You did it maybe once every couple of months, every weekend type of thing. And you'd go out, you'd get drunk, whatever. And then for the rest of the time, you're sober. And even when I uh, finally was old enough to legally go out and buy it and consume it, I didn't drink a whole hell of a lot. But when I did, it was always hard alcohol. It was uh, vodka primarily, that or tequila. And and I still like both of them. I had some here, some vodka just eh, about a week or so ago. Anyway, there was a period of time probably, well, it was about the time I moved into this place, which was in 04. So from about 04 up until 18, I hardly drank at all. There would be maybe once every other year where I would I would tie one on where it's like okay I'm gonna just get wasted yeah and and that's 
all it was. You know, there there would be like this one day or this one weekend out of uh, out of a couple of years where I would do it, and I'd get you know I'd throw up or I'd get dizzy, uh, have a hangover the next day, and then literally not touch another drop of alcohol for like another year, maybe more. And it was in 18, well, the end of 18, into 19 and fast forward to tonight, where drinking has become more of a friend of mine, I guess. I don't drink all the time. Obviously, I don't drink when I'm on the job. I don't drink when I first get up in the morning, at least when I have to go to work because yeah that that would be bad but i drink probably almost daily where i'll have a beer or two and it's just i've acquired a taste for beer as well as the buzz it's just oh oh i like the taste of beer and so i'll drink you know i'll have a, at least one or two beers a day now but you know could i give it up oh yeah there's been times i have that it's like oh, yeah, i've gone three four five days easy and not had one and didn't think about it, didn't dwell on it, didn't be like, oh, I need a drink. But then there's other times like today, getting done with today's day of work and it's like, fuck, I need a drink. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, the job, well, go let, ahead. Let's keep it 100%. You, you like to taste a beer flavored water, not beer. That's, that's a little, little bit of a... All right, here's the, here, you know, it's, I think it's bad form to criticize another man's beverage of choice as long as it's not you know wine coolers or something <laughs> bud light though white if cloth. he was if he, look i think i like bud light so I don't, do I. you know i mean i'll agree that it, you know if you're if you're a beer snob it's you know it's it's not it's <laughs> oh, probably yeah. not any good but hey i've never said that i'm a beer connoisseur I've never claimed that, you know, the, that level of elitism and snobbishness. It's like, oh no, if I was gonna do that, trust me, there's, there was a couple of beers that I had um, during the Village by the Sea this year and also two years ago. They were 20 bucks a piece for a bottle of beer. Jeez. Okay, $20 bottle of beer. And I'll tell you, you knew where the money went. Isn't that the one that uh, Vince wanted you to try? Mm-hmm. You said he said it was like twenty bucks for yeah. yep for one bottle, and it was worth it. Yeah. Now, would I drink that every day, all the time? Of course not. I fuck, I'd be broke mm -hmm. if I was drinking. You know, two of them, three of them a day. That's sixty dollars a day for three beers. Okay, but to treat myself every now and then, oh, of course. And it's like ah, this what is what size were the beers. Uh, I want to say th they were they were probably about the same size as a uh, as one of the uh, Bud Light aluminums, so okay. 16, 18 ounces, something like that. They weren't anywhere, you know. They might have been a twenty ouncer. They definitely weren't a forty. I know that yeah. much. They weren't that big, okay. But they were a little bit bigger than a standard size bottle of beer. But they were twenty bucks a piece. Twenty and bucks is kind of pretentious for a beer. Well, but just then, some... but you knew where the money went when you oh, yeah. drank it. You knew where it went. It's like, oh yeah, these guys definitely know how to make their beer. And yeah. so the beer snobs would be like, ah, yes, here's a good beer. Yeah, except they're 20 bucks a piece. You know, fuck, I could buy a 12 pack of Bud Light <laughs> and still have about $10 left over. 
You're there's not a, be a happy medium between Bud Light and a twenty dollars bottle of beer. Nonstop dry ass. If you guys need alcohol to have fun and relax, or no, and you know, for me, it's like, I mean, I'm I'm heavy into bourbon now, and and I like I like tasting. You know, I like just trying everything that's out there and sort of you know having a having a having a whiskey with a cigar and i do like you know when it's when it's nice out or when it's cold and i have access to a hot tub i do like getting a little bit of a buzz and chilling in the pool or in the hot tub but to relax i you know i take naps i play guitar or i fuck my girlfriend i don't i don't i don't drink to to relax or have fun but since i have fun all the time if i'm drinking i'm probably having fun so well yeah that's how i look at it and what is the term you know alcohol is a social lubricant yeah. um, it definitely alcohol you won't necessarily do anything you wouldn't do sober but your your inhibitions definitely get dropped when you're in when you're intoxicated and See, so i can't i can't get drunk because i'm I like to say that I'm, you know, like I'm a nice mellow drunk, but I'm not. And, you know, the last time I got really drunk when I was, you know, I was on a road trip to Pensacola and I was, you know, I was, I was, there was this, there was this college dude that was holding his girlfriend's purse and I was basically calling him a pussy right to his face. And, As you should. But it wasn't, it wasn't confrontation. I was like, dude, you know, she ain't going to fuck you if you're carrying her purse. I, you know, my you know my friends had to drag me away because they, you know, those assholes got me drunk anyway. So it's like, you know, I gotta watch that shit. Oh shit! Yeah, I just I don't I don't drink a whole lot when I'm out when I'm out in public. I just uh, I carry a gun on me. And that, that's a bad. That could be a bad I carry situation. A gun on me too. You know. Well, Dre, if you if you if you know, I, I like it's like I always say, drink like a man, not like a frat boy. And by that I mean yep. drink something good and you know balance yourself out if you drink a little bit of alcohol it ain't gonna kill you it ain't gonna destroy your liver there you yeah. go yeah. Well, i still drink this, this i still is, drink this is kind of this is kind of one of those don't eat paint things that we're all gonna be talking about tonight okay don't so, get me wrong i still drink but I, I don't get sloppy drunk or anything like that right public yeah and i don't do that either just because as i've gotten older the hangovers last longer the headaches are worse uh i definitely don't like throwing up Covering time so, a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was Dre's age, for instance, man, I could drink till the cows came home, get wasted, throw up, drink some more, turn around, go to bed, hammered, wake up the next morning, no hangover, and ready to do it all over again. I do it sometimes. I don't even go to sleep. Just go to work the next day. Yeah. Okay. But now at almost 50, it's like, yeah, dude, if I if I tried to live that lifestyle that I did when I was in my early 20s, if I tried to pull that off now, I probably would put myself in the hospital or in the morgue. And so, yeah, you, you learn as you go. You don't do that. You, you learn you your limitations. Three, especially if you had a three-mile PT run to do. That, that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there's it's yeah. So I mean, it's like we're saying there's a big difference between drinking like a man and drinking like a frat boy. If you're just drinking just just to get hammered and and black out because you don't have anything else going on in your life, then I think that's a bad thing. I wouldn't. I've never really done that, you know. But I mean, I've I've drank too much on occasion over the years. But you know, especially when I was especially when the kids were young, I wasn't. I barely, like I said, you know, I may. I may have back then. I may have drank a twelve pack in a year, 
Yeah. You know, maybe. And that was, you know, and that was usually when I was over at my in-laws house and, you know, they offered me a beer or something. So. Yeah. Well, and that, that sounds kind of like me. I'll, I'll go through a 12 pack in about a week. So we're talking two, three beers a day and that's it, you know, and it's mostly for the taste. Uh, I don't mind the buzz because it'll get me a little tiny bit of a buzz. And so I don't mind it. It loosens me up. It helps me relax. Um, because I've done meditation, I've done other things. There are substances that other people prefer to use that I, for Department of Transportation reasons and random drug testing reasons, I cannot take. Ooh, yeah. Because if I do and I pop positive, there goes my job. So there are substances that while for medicinal purposes might be better, might be more relaxing, might be whatever you want to name it, extol the virtues. I can just say, I can't do it. If I do it and I get caught, I am unemployed. Are you going to fucking pay my mortgage, motherfucker? <laughs> no? Then fuck you! <laughs> and so anyway... That leads us into tonight's topic. I, I called it CYA, which is cover your ass, also known as don't eat paint. Um, I've seen it going around. Um, it originally, it seems like the don't eat paint warning kind of started with Ryan Stone. And I believe he did it more as kind of a joke. He was doing it on the ends of a lot of his videos. And I know he and I even talked about it when I was on Red Morning here just uh, a few days ago, just this last Saturday. And he had mentioned something about he hadn't done that in a while, which I agree. Uh, the videos I've seen, his more recent stuff, he has not included the Don't Eat Paint warning. And he was talking about bringing it back. And if he's doing it just for the simple... Uh, the lulls, I guess, the laugh effect, the humor of it, then by all means, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. It's his fucking channel. But do I think he needs to bring it back? Like, for what end? Because the last time I heard, and I have a couple stories to kind of back this up, a warning label is not going to save you from a lawsuit. A warning label is not going to protect you from the angry mob, okay? And the reason I'm bringing this up is there's a guy that I, we follow each other, we're mutuals on Twitter. <clears throat> and he posted something about kind of a, a, a version of the don't eat paint. And he had tagged Ryan in it and I saw it. And I said to him and Ryan, more, mostly as a joke, but I said, nonsense, you know, cause he was saying something about, yeah, you know, gotta, gotta cover your ass type of thing. And I was like, nonsense, let the fuckers eat paint, okay? And then I made the reference to, you guys are getting soft, okay? And here's the thing. Well, and, and I even had said that to Ryan. It's like, dude, don't, don't be getting soft on me here, okay? Because number one, there's Darwinism. If you're fucking dumb enough to do something that requires you that the only thing that is stopping you from doing it is a warning label, then you fucking deserve the Darwinism you're going to get, okay? So if... If you're looking at a bottle of paint and you're like, hmm, that looks tasty. And the only thing stopping you is the label that says, do not ingest, it is poison. If that is the only fucking thing that's gonna stop you from drinking the paint or eating the paint, then eat the fucking paint. Please do it. Do the world a favor if you're that fucking stupid. I'm serious, Nick. It's just like, oh my God. 
it you know it goes back to do you remember when the the woman spilled hot coffee on herself and sued mcdonald's and and won yeah Yeah. okay my question and it's more rhetorical but since they put you know contents are hot on their coffee cups has that actually stopped them from being sued because i don't know in all honesty i haven't bothered to look because i don't honestly care it it hasn't because uh it has not no but it it did some other things but it it didn't do that because it it required all the all the mcdonald's uh franchises to lower the temperature on their fucking coffee because that woman whenever she spilled the coffee on herself that coffee was so hot it gave her second degree burns okay shit was super hot and i I understand i understand that you know the temperature may have been too high and so we need to actually have a standardized temperature i don't have a problem with that okay i don't have a problem with that but it's the whole don't eat the wrapper contents are hot or you know one of my favorites that we've all seen and have been on the warning labels have been attached at least since the 80s if not even further back and i believe even back in the 70s is you know this product may cause lung cancer this product may cause emphysema (laughs) this product may cause tooth loss and gum disease this product you know it's i'm talking about tobacco of course Okay, and tobacco gets sued all the time. Most of the time, you know, they have deep enough pockets, they probably can fight the majority of it. And the ones they can't, they pay them off and nobody hears about it type of thing. They buy your silence. But did the warning label on the package stop you? No. You know, it even says this product contains nicotine, which is addictive. They're not hiding that if you fuck around with this, you're probably going to regret it over the long haul. And yet people do it all the time. Yeah, I don't even I don't even think they should be forced to put those labels on packs of cigarettes. I agree. I think I think, I think, I think that it, it, you can see it in every industry that it starts out, you know, now back in the 20s and 30s when they'd have magazine ads where doctors would say, you know, smoke a lot, it's great for your lungs. You know, that bullshit, you know, right? that's, that's know. bullshit right there. Right. So that, so that shouldn't be, I, I agree that that should, should not be allowed because right. that is just, well, that's just fraud. straight up dishonest fraud and deceptive advertising. That's just fraud. I'm but just you talking, know, yeah, I'm not talking long, about fraudulent claims. Right. As long as to me, as long as you're not, as long as you're not actively suppressing anything legitimate out there, then I don't think you should be forced to put warning labels on anything that's not obvious and you know so i mean that's like the whole nonsense from secondhand smoke i've i tried to look it up one time i i could not find an example of anyone getting cancer from inhaling secondhand smoke because there are no studies linking it that secondhand smoke stuff is bullshit i haven't found studies i haven't found actual examples i haven't found anything dude so i I think it's bullshit Well, Penn and Teller used to have that bullshit show, and that one of the shows they did was about that. That's why I looked it up too, because they did that show and they interviewed all these medical researchers, and they said who all said, "Yeah, there's there've been no actual studies linking secondhand smoke to anything besides, you know, irritating some Karen who bitches at you." About it. Well, so basically, it's just a political maneuver. Is all it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, and to go back to the whole, you know, attaching warning labels to everything, AKA don't eat paint. 
you know, this guy that, you know, I had said, you guys are getting soft. He kind of came back with, well, you know, it's cover your ass, basically. And that's what kind of like hit a nerve with me, which is why we're having this show tonight. Because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, here's here's one of the endemic things that I see. It's it's the ubiquitous or whatever however you pronounce it. It's it's across the board. It's seeped into our pores as men. Okay, never mind women, women too. But since we're guys and we're talking about guys for guys, this is for all you motherfuckers. Okay, so what we've have now is we've got a couple of generations of of like corn fed pussy. Okay. And I don't, I'm not talking about the girls here. I'm talking about you guys. Okay. Because you're literally afraid of the air. If you're wearing a mask, you're probably afraid of the air. All right. And the idea that, you know, I got to cover my ass. Yeah. CYA. And it's like, okay, it's story time. Here's a little example from my own personal playbook. Let's go back to 2003 before I bought my current home that I live in. I was looking to buy a home and I found one and the owner, the seller wanted top dollar for it. And I got them to come down a little bit, but then they cried about, well, you know, now I'm going to take a loss and I'm like sitting there thinking, I don't care. That's not my fucking problem. Well, so we finally settled on a price and we had it under contract. The contract had all these things that bound both of us into it. They had a copy of that contract and so did I. Well, the appraisal finally came back and the appraisal was even lower than the price we had agreed on. And in the contract, it said, you know, everything is binding until the appraisal comes back. And since the appraisal was less, which meant the bank would only give me what the appraisal said it was worth, which was about what the asking price, what the agreed upon price versus what it appraised at, there was about a $5,000 difference. The bank was not going to give that extra $5,000. They're like, fuck you. No, this is it. So I went back to the, you know, went back to the seller. They had a copy from the appraiser too. They, they had everything. Everything I had, they had. So there was no, nothing hidden. Everything was transparent. And I said, well, looks like this is our new negotiating point. And they basically said, well, I want that dollar amount. And I said, that's fine. I'll do it. I'll pay you top dollar. You pay the closing costs. You pay this, you pay that. They didn't want to do that. So I said, well, then we're done here. Okay. We're done. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm pulling out of the deal. And I read the contract and followed it to the letter. Okay. A couple weeks later, a month later, I got my escrow money back because that's why I had to follow the contract to the letter. And I got it back. The escrow title company gave it back to me. Then I bought the house I currently reside in. So about a month or two later, made a new deal, got into it. Everything worked out. I'm in the home that I'm, I'm actually glad I'm in this home. About four months after I moved in, I get a knock at the door. Well, I go and answer it and there's a guy standing there and he's like, you Robert says, I said, yeah. And he fucking hands me this envelope and he goes, you've been served. He was a constable in plain clothes and he just served me papers. I was being sued and I open it up and it's the girl, the person that I had been in the prior deal with that fell through. She was trying to sue me for that escrow money saying that she should have it because I violated the contract. Okay. And she 
had me served in such a way that basically she kind of did it dirty. That one, she was hoping, number one, she was hoping I wouldn't show up to court, which then means she would get a default judgment and would get the money. And number two, in order to countersue, you have to do it within a certain window of time. Well, that window had already, had already passed, so yeah. I couldn't countersue. But there was no way in hell I was going to give up that money because it's my money. I, I did everything by the book, by the contract. So the day the court day comes, I had to take time off work, had to get my ass down to the to the courthouse. Luckily, it was small claims, so I didn't need to hire an attorney. Okay, but I, it was the hassle. We get in, she states her case, I state mine. We both show identical copies of the fucking contract to the judge. And, you know, she's arguing that I violated the contract. I'm arguing that, no, I didn't. You know, I did everything by the letter. And the judge basically, after he heard our arguments, said, well, I'm going to look into this a little bit further. It's going to take me a couple of days. So I will mail you my decision. You will get my decision via the mail here in a couple of weeks. So... You know, court adjourned. Away we go. About two weeks later, I get a letter in the mail from the court. And in it, he found in my favor. Okay. And he listed all the reasons as to why it was in my favor. Okay. So I won my court case. I didn't have to pay up any kind of money. However, I lost money. I think that's you, Bullrush. I'm hearing an echo. There we go. So I lost wages because the court i wasn't getting paid to you know to be in court i was the defendant okay so i lost a day's wages and it was just the fucking hassle of it all okay all because some chick wanted to be greedy and thought she could pull a fast one okay and yet i did everything by the contract by the book by the letter note for note dot for dot crossed all i's dotted all t's all that stuff and i still got fucking sued Okay, I won, but it still was a fucking headache and a hassle. And that's not the first time that's happened to me. There's been other occasions where, hey man, I covered my ass and guess what? I still ended up in fucking court, all right? I still came out ahead. I came out the victor, the, the, the decision, the judgment was in my favor, but you can only cover your ass so much and you can still get fucked over in the long run. My question is, how long did you wait before you snuck over to her house and put sugar in her gas tank? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I know you waited long enough so that it wouldn't seem like it was you who did it. I have no idea what you're talking about. I like the um, I like what's going on in the chat. (laughs) Danielle's talking about the touch hot things syndrome and Chesty's Chesty, like the good attorney that he is, is outlining all of the uh, all of the ways court sucks. Yeah, I like well, Danielle's take on this. She always viewed warning labels as marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Be- that. That's a good. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. But it's that's- it's the idea that we live in a world now that not only do big corporations put labels on things, warning labels, because 
some woman got burned by the coffee because she was a klutz and yeah granted maybe it was a, a hotter temperature because second degree burns i get it but we also have people that choose to use tobacco and then develop lung cancer or something like that and they try to play the innocent victim when it's like you're playing with a a, a material that is known to be carcinogenic how how when do you have your own accountability here so i get you know, big corporations throwing labels on, even though I'm kind of looking at it more like Danielle said here that, hey, it, it's more marketing than anything these days. <laughs> and it's virtue signaling for sure. Okay. But where it really, where it rubs me wrong is when I'm seeing guys, guys in the sphere, guys on Twitter, guys in the world, guys, you know, in Discord, and they're talking about covering their ass. And in, invariably, it's not just about covering their ass in a business decision. Because I'll tell you something else, guys. If any of you, if you haven't already, if you decide to be an entrepreneur and you're going to start your own business, guaranteed at some point down the road, you will get sued. Okay? You will get sued. If you live in the United States of America, you will get sued eventually. It's not if, it's when. Because we are in a, a litigious society that likes frivolous lawsuits okay doesn't mean you're gonna lose but you will get sued i mean i got sued over that that business deal of my house and that was a private property matter that ha I mean, that's not me being a business and offering a service or a product that's me just wanting to buy a house from someone and hey it didn't work out sorry and they sued me anyway okay and again i've got more stories if we really wanted to go there it's like i've been in and out of court summoned subpoenaed fucking told you know served and it's like you literally can't step across the street without someone throwing a lawsuit at you okay so you can cover your ass all you want you're still gonna end up you know you can do everything right it's just like the guy the trad con who went to church and did everything god and his priest pastor bishop told him to do he gets the girl he's in marital bliss and then she decides to fucking leave and take the kids and yet he did everything right. Not only that, she decides to fuck the preacher. Well, there you go. Okay. There comes a point where instead of CYA, it's more like just live your fucking life. Well, there, really another like good example. Another good example of that is if, if you're if you're involved in a defensive shooting, man, like if you're lucky, you won't go to jail. Uh, most likely you'll you'll go to jail overnight or something like that. Yep, Even they if will hold you and while they, they try to ascertain what happened. They'll hold you, they'll take your license and they'll, they'll take your gun license and they'll take your fucking gun. Yep. Good luck getting that shit back. And then, uh, but even then, uh, even if you do pass the, like if no criminal charges are brought against you, you still have to deal with the civil liability of it. And chances are whoever you shoot, even though you're in the right, they're going to have fucking relatives. Yep. And they, they'll take you to court over that. And they so, will always come after you in court. Always. Yeah. Yep. That's why it's come uh, after you in court if they don't come after you at your house. <laughs> yeah. Because well, that happens too. Yeah. That's a, it's a good idea to get gun insurance, gun owners insurance. Well, you know, there's a, there, you know, the, the flip side of that is one day years ago, yeah. I was at the hunting club with my then father-in-law and he ran out. We ran out at lunchtime to go get some food from Hardy's. So we got, when I went to Hardy's, got a couple of burgers, came back 
and I bit into my Hardee's burger and there was a big staple in it. You know, oh, like those staples, those big yeah. staples, like from cardboard boxes and yeah, shit. Yeah, like the three and three quarter type of thing. Yeah, the big ones, you use the big staple gun to knock them in. Yeah. It was, a fa- it was a fairly big one. Now, I didn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't cut me. It didn't harm me. I was just like, oh, hey, I feel something, you know, heavy and, and sharp in there. And so I pulled it out. I, I pulled out what it was. I was like, God damn. Now, you know, probably 90% of Americans would, try to find a way to use that as an excuse to sue Hardee's or at least, you know, oh, whatever yeah, they're else. They're looking for that paycheck. They're looking for a payday. All I did was I called up the Hardee's. I was like, hey, you know, I talked to the manager. I was like, hey, look, you know, I just bit into, a, you know, one of your burgers and it had a big staple in it. And then, you know, luckily it didn't go through the roof of my mouth or something because then you would be in it for, you know, at least my doctor's bill or something. But uh, in this case, you know, I just want to let you know because, you know, it's, you know, shit happens i mean you know and it's not you know it's not like somebody you know threw acid on my kid or something it was just so i was like you know no big deal and that that really should be the default response for most stuff that's really not all that serious and you know the chick who burned her skin unless it you know with coffee unless it you know i mean i've done that here at home you know how many times have i done that in my life just making coffee in my kitchen and you know all she would have needed to do was get get it treated and i'm sure mcdonald's would have paid the doctor bill or something like that and that's as far as it needed to go but people are people are pieces of shit basically well you're not wrong nick but i guess the the point i'm trying to make here is that a lot of guys are running scared and literally are jumping at their own you know at their own reflection in the mirror their own shadows <laughs> because well they are because you know oh well we gotta see why i gotta cover my ass and it's like uh, i i want to stick fucking pencils in your eyes sometimes guys i want to drive them right straight into your fucking brains on occasion guys are really good i wasn't i wasn't laughing at i was wasn't laughing at you i was laughing at danielle said shit happens burgers get stapled (laughs) (laughs) well it's true uh hey there's the guy right there what's up swerve what is going on dude that's one thing i've noticed though that guys are really good at talking themselves out of shit well like fun you know well yeah it's you go back a couple hundred years and men were always predominantly the risk takers okay we're the ones who came up with the whole the whole phrase hold my beer you know hey man i'm gonna go do this oh yeah watch this hold my beer okay and we do stupid shit which is why men tend to not live that long okay if it's not some hereditary thing or it's not shooting your you know yourself or having someone shoot you over some anger of some argument it's because we tended at least in the past to do stupid shit okay I'm not saying that makes us okay or anything. It's just that's how sure. it is. Guys yeah. did stupid shit. We still do. Yeah, we do. Well, oh, wow. I think us older guys do. I don't know about these younger guys. Okay. If you got to wear a mask and you need to see YA and you need to slap warning labels on everything, are you really taking any kind of fucking risks? Well, I've, I know I've calmed down a lot in my advanced age, but you make a good point there because even in my advanced age, and as much as I've calmed down and lived the life of a semi-retired, almost elderly gentleman, I still probably get in more trouble than uh, than your average 25-year-old. Well, and Chess just kind of nailed it here. If we always cover our ass, nothing gets innovated. 
Well, no, not only no does guts, nothing, no glory. Well, yeah, no guts, no glory, no pain, no gain, whatever other little slogan you want to throw out there. Not only does things not get innovated, and I guess it depends on, you know, wh how, what kind of a definition do we want to throw on innovation? Because <laughs> from a, well, from a intergender dynamic perspective, innovation is you bumping uglies with some girl. Okay, which is a huge risk because she may take you to the cleaners and she may divorce rape you and blah, 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 blah. And you may get her pregnant and now you're tied in for 18 years. And oh, my God, them women eat shit. Now, fuck it. I just I'm going to go off into the woods. Well, you, you made a good you were making a good point right before the show about that with when we we're talking about do you wear rubber or not? Are you going to rod dog or not? And, exactly. And it's like and I, I'm here to tell you that if you're out there living life right you're gonna you're going to have opportunities to smash and you're not gonna have any rubbers with you and your chick probably isn't either and if she does she may not even admit it no, so, does. i've never had a woman have rubbers not right. one. So, in, in the right. 30 fucking plus years of fucking i've done not one has been like, oh, I've got, oh, you don't have condoms, not a problem, bud. I've got some right here. That's, that's never happened. Never you. happened. So, so there have been many times like that when I was faced with the choice, you know, to fuck or not to fuck. And of course, <laughs> I fucked. I wasn't going to not fuck. Yep. Just because I didn't have a condom. Now, you know, was, was there some risk there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I care? Not really. And really not that much to care about. I mean, unless you're, unless well, you're not much you game, if your pullout game is, is as bad as the American military, then probably die. You probably need to rub it. But <laughs> well, say that you're see, here's, guy, you're fine. Here's, the, here's the thing. I, my pullout game is a hundred percent. I'm so batting it. I haven't knocked one up yet. <laughs> I'm batting a thousand. And like we were talked about, I got one person pregnant one time and I intended to, and that was it. So my, I'm batting a thousand with my pull-up game. So you know, I ain't worried about it. Now her mouth can't get pregnant either. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, Dre, and it's to CYA. <laughs> Do you get STD tested up? <laughs> yeah, I get STD tested <laughs> every week, just like a porn star. So fucking common too, you know. That's not why God made it penicillin. Jesus. Well, that's kind of my thoughts, Bull. But I mean, the way some guys, and I'm not knocking on Dre here. I'm not picking on Dre because he has. With, with every argument that's out there, there is rationale. There is, you know, hey, this is a reasonable argument. But most of the arguments you hear about or that you see on the internet or on, on TV, you know, mainstream media, that everyone, ha, fucking mainstream media, ha, we know they're an agenda. And yet they swallow bullshit from dumb fucks on Twitter. It's like, yeah, they don't have an agenda either. Are you really that fucking blind? Maybe you do oh need God. one label, you fucking pain eater. All well, right. I mean, also, too, a lot of information out there is hyperbolic, too. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and everybody's afraid of their own shadow now. And, you know, That's remember, we were we were, we were partying in the 80s where if you were afraid of your own shadow, you, you got your ass beat. I mean, there just wasn't, you know, the, to, here's, here's the thing, you know, take Robin myself, for, for example. Now I don't like doling out advice for the most part, and Neither I rarely I. and I, I rarely do it. Drop the but, drop the warning labels, Christ! But if you're go, you know, Rob and I are both, you know, entering our advanced years at this point. You know, neither one of us have had our dicks fall off. We haven't impregnated people we didn't intend to. If you're going to listen to anybody, listen to the guys who made it through. You know, so obviously we were doing something right. 
And even we were taking risks that these days people would consider to be ridiculous. And I think that, you know, you just have to know, you have to, you have to manage and mitigate risk as best you can, but you know, you can't do all of it. Now, what I do want to do is that, I mean, my ideal thing, you know how in, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, how, how Raul Duke went, you know, he took his lawyer everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, like, Starting with when we have the Punch Riot non-writing conference, the the red and black in Vegas. Non-writing conference, yeah. See, I want to I want to take Chesty with me everywhere I go because I because <laughs> because I just I just I just feel like having a having an attorney who's also a brewer <laughs> is is probably a good idea. I, th- I, you know what? It probably is. That way, when it. we get introduced to strange men and strange broads, we can have chest, you know, chest rock, rock, well, Esquire at your service. I'm on retention <laughs> well, here. Plus, I, I'm doing some beer in the like, like Chesty's going to get you into more trouble. Well, he's going to, Chesty's going to hand out Chesty. For that, he's the fucking attorney. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hand out releases and non disclosure agreements to everybody we meet. <laughs> oh shit! I was gonna say if anyone's gonna encourage me to get into trouble, I'll take it from an attorney. Yeah. Shit, that that's keys to the kingdom. It's like, really, Dad? You just handed me the keys to your Lambo. Fucking a! I'm going driving. <laughs> Give whole new meaning to the term power of attorney. An attorney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No warning label here, Dad. <laughs> so I just, I just have this, I have this like this picture in my head of this, of this red beamer <laughs> with a keg sticking out of each of the back windows, just you know, rolling down uh, the Vegas Strip. That's just that's and just what I And he's playing say. Holiday Road from <laughs> Vacation. <laughs> For me, it's Nazareth, Hair of the Dog. Now well, you're messing with a son that's, of a bitch. Follow up song. That's the yeah. follow up. But he starts off with Holiday Road. <laughs> <laughs> Briefcase in Vegas. That's right. There you go. <laughs> the new book. Uh, no but, warning yeah. labels on that book. Nope. If you guys see it and it makes your fucking dick crawl and crawl up inside you and it makes your asshole pucker, then you deserved it. <laughs> there were an ice in the trunk no shit yeah well. yeah no shit that is that is the fucking that is the truth yeah but see he rolled th- up to my house and he popped that trunk no shit there was a chest of ice what the was fuck it regular ice or was it dry ice uh it was dry ice i believe but i'm telling you what that, that was no bullshit he had a iced up man those fucking kegs were fucking cold 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 those, those See, were those one he didn't have to stick a warning label on that contents might be cold rob well those were mini kegs too in my vision these are full-size kegs oh, maybe full even, size. <laughs> maybe even 50 gallon drums just one sticking out of each window in the back seat kind of looks like the millennium falcon or something <laughs> or that uh winnebago from uh space balls where it has the wings and the jet t- you know the jet t- wings on the sides that's what his cards look like well at least in jesse's defense he's not like a lot of other attorneys he, he'll probably if you get in a fight he'll probably probably have you back he can be trusted in a foxhole so. i don't know it probably it probably depend on how stupid you were for getting yourself into a well, fight yeah. yeah i don't i wouldn't i would not expect well, see, that's that that's that raises an interesting point too, because you know, Chesty, Chesty and I don't know each other, not really. So I would not, ex- I would, I would appreciate it, but I would not expect him. 
to have my back in a fight because he doesn't know me from Adam. You, you so shouldn't know, you shouldn't expect anybody to have your back in a fight. Right. So you if we know. met up, if we met up, well, if, yeah, but if, if we met up like, you know, five minutes later, I'm, you know, I'm drunk and talking shit, which we know I would never do. But if I were and, you know, and I started some shit up, that's my responsibility yes, to handle, not anybody else's. Yes, so. it is. Mm-hmm. Well, all I would have to say to that, Nick, if you got drunk and started talking shit before before things really would go off, I would grab you real quick and go, Nick, you and I aren't part of an MC, bro. You're on your own. <laughs> you wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to, though. I, that's all I would say is just you and I ain't in an MC, dude. <laughs> My, my trouble is my trouble. That's right. But we're both old enough that, yeah, we're we're typically not doing stupid shit like that. Right. I mean, yeah, as a rule, I, I you know, I mean, it's that, that type of behavior gets gets beat out of you in your, when you're younger. Or if you're in an MC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a different story. No, <laughs> at this point, it's just it's just how I know. Right. At this point, it's just stupid. That's one reason why you don't you don't see any sane old dudes getting into fights unless somebody else just you know starts it and you don't have any choice. But yeah, because you don't you don't win. Even when you win, you don't win. That's true. It's a pyrrhic victory at that and, point. Yeah. See, anyone who makes the Cromwell home base has self control. That's exactly right. The Cro- the Cromwell is is sophisticated degeneracy. Is, is this a segue into Desaad? Oh no, the, no, the Cromwell. Please no. let it be. No. <laughs> no, we gotta no, we gotta save that for the uh, for the for uh, that table. other episode. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're right. Okay. I was gonna say, oh really? We we gonna have a sneak preview here? Nice. Speaking of which, is that night that I posted in the DMs? Is that the I, I posted to you guys the night I proposed to have it? Isn't it a Tuesday? Yeah, I've cleared my calendar for it. Yeah, but that's not going to be. Yeah, an I'm, issue. I'm still, I'm still kicking, I'm still uh, kicking around the idea of making it a decide straight razor. Dude, you should so do it. I'll buy the fucker oh, if you do. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm drawing up some stuff, some some handle shapes and stuff right now. Ah, dude, do it. Seriously, I'll buy it. Seriously, I will buy it. Yeah. So it, you have a guaranteed sale. I so. think I'm, I'm thinking about making it out of, out of carbon, uh, carbon fiber too. So it's a little bit lighter. Hey, but, whatever, uh, dude. Like I said, you make it. And if it's, you know, an ode to Desaad type of thing, dude, I will buy it. Like I said, you have a guaranteed sale. It's sold. It's already sold. Just fucking build it and i will buy it i know a, i know a guy that can do that does laser engraving too so i can get i can get that i can get that saying on the side of it the quote don't forget a label that says this knife is sharp no shit <laughs> caution edge may be sharp caution <laughs> sharp edge that, that reminds <laughs> that reminds me when joe Dolio he, he purchased a razor from me a while back and he got it and he dm me and he said i fucking cut my he said i cut myself i'm like no shit well, gee, really that's sharp. what happens with a sharp razor. Yeah. I, and <laughs> I actually, I've, I've had myself with yours, the one that I bought from you. I still occasionally cut myself. I've had. A, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for the hey, the edge may be sharp label and suing you because hey, this is sharp. Did you know that I cut myself? Well, he he was, <sighs> he's not the only one. I've had about three or four people do that. They DM me or something like that, or sent me an email, and they said damn it's really sharp i'm like you got dumbass <laughs> right there he took a chunk out of his cheek yeah so we should well, really change joe's name from joe dolio to joe holio because he's got a hole in his cheek now apparently 
Well, he's, I mean, the, the reason that he cut himself, though, is because he was reaching behind himself, shaving his ass, and he couldn't see that in the mirror. <laughs> if You're supposed to shave your face with it, Joe. Uh, not not your butthole. <laughs> I'd sue Bull, but not, he doesn't not have your any. Man, yeah, Not your man bits. This isn't for manscaping. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything. I just have a bunch of knives and shit. <laughs> Some rifles. Uh, That's well, you know, Danielle, it just just lather your legs up real well and just pray to God and go, girl. You'll be fine. You'll you'll never go back once you do it once, because that's one thing I've learned about straight edge. When you use a straight razor, um, she, they she got a safety so razor. Oh, she got a safety really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be shaving my balls with that thing. Are you kidding me? Come on. I thought my you got my wife razor. uses one to shave her legs. I yeah. do not shave my balls with my safety razor. I do oh. not. I wouldn't I wouldn't have suggested the recommend uh, it. I mean do it if you want. Not if you have big balls anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well there is a technique to it. You know <laughs> back back to tonight's tonight's topic, yes, you know. Please. There's there's a there's kind of a corollary to that which is you know the old phrase it's easier to get forgiveness than permission yes it's not exactly the same kind of thing but that was the attitude that we always had it was like it was like yeah do it anyway and you still have to have some kind of judgment you know but for the most part what people are willing to do now and and plus you know if you don't take any risks you're never really going to have any fun anyway because most of the things in life that are fun and most of the things in life that you learn from either by doing it well by accomplishing it or by fucking up and paying the consequences all those things involve risk and all they all in, involve ignoring the warning label well there's I can probably give you a little bit of insight on this stuff because I think a lot of people nowadays, when they're young, they're indoctrinated into it, into the mindset of not taking risks and stuff like that. I say that because uh, my daughter has this thing at her school where there's a program where the dads can go and they volunteer a day or two and they go into the classrooms and stuff and uh, just hang out with the kids and everything like that. And I've done that several times. I do it about two or three times a year uh, during school year. And uh, man, some of these teachers are like, they're just completely averse to the kids doing anything that's that's like <laughs> even the most remotely risky, you know? Now I understand there's stuff like having to deal with uh, lawyers and shit like that. And they're trying to, yeah. but I mean, I mean, it's like ridiculous stuff. Like there's always like the kids start getting too loud or if they start, they start running around too much in, in uh, recess, they tell them that they make them sit down against the wall. It's like, dude, this kid's not gonna die from running well, and that's the real reason that's one of the the most important reasons i think why kids need dads in their lives because dads are going to for the most part that you know it may have changed a little bit now but dads are the ones who are going to let them fall down or going to let them get hurt or aren't going to try to pat them and protect them i mean the thing that you know the 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 way i learned how to let people burn was really by having in my case it was by having kids and finally realizing man you can't protect them from everything and you know you're not gonna you're not gonna let a you know you're not gonna go hire a convicted you know child molester to babysit them but you know as far as just being able to protect them from everything in life you don't want to do that you want you want them to go out and risk and fuck up and get stitches and whatever else and you know it's not gonna 
it's not going to kill them. It's going to it's going to teach them that they can have a sense of adventure and they can take risks. And even if they fuck up, it's still not the end of the world. It's not going to kill them, and well, they just keep going. We even had a there was a, there was one incident when I was when I was volunteering over at my daughter's school during recess. One of the kids had thrown threw a ball and it went over the fence, and uh, it was like the only ball they had. So. I told him like I jumped the fence, go get it. So I went. And I was climbing up the fence. My my daughter comes. She's like, "Don't do it, Dad. You're getting trouble." I'm like, "What are they gonna do? Send me the fucking principal? Get out of here!" <laughs> so, so I went and got the ball. The kids, man, and it's like there's like more balls out there. I just grabbed those and tossed them back over. I'm well, like, it was like it was like. But yeah, it's like I'm just climbing I mean, the fence, man. <laughs> it's it's like zero. It's like all this, you know, zero to- tolerance policies and all this other effeminate bullshit that they've got in schools yeah I don't you know, know I, I told i had i had sons so i told them you know I, for whatever reason the conversation came up at the time it was like hey you know somebody if somebody starts throwing punches then you know i don't want you to start it but i want you to finish it oh, 100%. <laughs> and i want yeah, you to finish it. it decisively and honestly if they if, if they had a good reason to throw the first punch i wouldn't give a shit anyway and they said yeah we'll get kicked out of school and i was like well then we'll go fish you know as long as long as you're not out there beating people up and taking their money which you know don't do yeah, shit like that but if you're just defending yourself and you get thrown out of school for it then you know you and i'll i'll take the day off work and we'll go fishing yeah, i don't uh i don't agree with that either uh when i was growing up we didn't have that we didn't have a zero yeah we didn't either policy uh they tried to implement it i think when i was in high school they the administration tried to imp- implement that type of policy but a lot of the parents came up and they they said they didn't like that shit and so uh at that time they didn't implement the policy that that uh no tolerance policy uh they did a few years later from what i've heard but uh it, it was like district wide but yeah man it's like you don't Pretty much everyone's keep, got it now you got the zero tolerance policy there's there's nothing like that or very little things like that that happen like that in real life. And you're not really teaching children a good lesson by having a zero tolerance policy. Because number one, you're teaching them that they'll get in trouble if they defend themselves. Uh, you know, and number two, there's no ju- there's no justification, the justice part of it, you know. So if someone aggresses on you, you have your, you have every right to defend yourself. Man. Well, you're also teaching them that you're not really there to back them up either. Exactly. And- and that's a, yeah, that's a, third, that's a third thing. And we had a, yeah, so I mean, you're not teaching children a just way of, of thinking and stuff like that. It's just a zero tolerance. Whoever starts, whoever's involved gets you know they get suspended or they get you know they get detention and stuff like that and that's just not that's just not how the real world works i mean there's consequences and there's people at fault and stuff like that you know well it's all you know it goes back to rob's topic of cya that's just all the schools and and the teachers you know covering their asses and because then because then you know i mean it's just like with the example of just like with the hardy's example you know if my kid got in a fight with another kid i wouldn't be up at the school blaming the school now if my kid got in a fight with another kid and the teacher gave them both you know k bars and told them to really go at it and cut each other obviously that would be a different story but that's you know that would never happen so just you know just kids getting in a fight at school and letting them fight it out for a little while hell our coaches used to do that you know because dudes in football dudes in football on the football team you know, there were always, you know, dudes who were at each other's throats and, you know, there were fights in the locker room and shit like that. And, uh, 
a lot of times what the coaches would do is they'd say if you want to fight then they'd get out they had they had boxing gloves and hel- and they just get out helmets make us wear the helmets put the boxing gloves on get on our knees on the mats and just throw punches at each other for two minutes and you know by the end of that we're so we're too exhausted to fight yeah it's two win- two minutes is a lifetime <laughs> i know yeah, yeah i mean it, yeah it, it, it is and it's like I, i've told my daughter the same thing when she went i'm like if someone tries to hurt you you know you can defend yourself i won't i, I told her i said in fact if you defend yourself i will t- and you get in trouble by the teachers i will take you out the ice cream or anywhere you want to go and i actually had to pay that when I, one day because she got uh there was a kid she was on the bus headed to school one morning there's a little kid about a year or two younger than she was uh he started he went crazy and started swinging his backpack around, hitting a bunch of kids and stuff. And she, he got he got to her and she punched him like square in the face. She she's like, I did a left left right dad, and he 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 fell down. I'm like, oh okay, that's good. So I'm taking you know, this this guy now. this guy in the chat named the goddamn bacon. Whoever he is says I'd wager this zero tolerance policy is one of the reasons why people are the way they are these days. Yeah, I mean. Right. I'd say he's right. It's 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 part of a it's part of a bigger a bigger policy in our at least I know in our culture and probably most everywhere else too in that you know essentially you are the property of the state. The state the state wants to monopolize all violence, all decision making and they want to rob you of your autonomy and that's just one of the ways they do it. They start teaching that, they start ingraining that in you when you're young. And that I think that is why people. That's that's, that's why you got to talk to your as a parent, man. You got to, especially nowadays, you have to you have to be very uh, vigilant. You're I want to add something to being taught. You know, I want to add something really quick to what Nick just said before we get you know squirrels and I get sidetracked or get half drunk. The state wants to monopolize all violence. You are property of the state, especially as a child in public education. Hence zero tolerance and all the stuff that's that's current where yes back in our day you know back in the good old days all right different world and yes i think bacon's right that a lot of it if not most of it comes from this personally i don't care where it comes from here's my thoughts though if you're and this goes back to the whole uh better to ask forgiveness than to ask for permission or as Chest said, leap first, seek absolution later. Okay, the point I want to get across, and this is where the whole CYA and don't eat paint and all this bullshit that's been going on for a while now, where I said guys are afraid of their own shadows. If you're seeking permission like a good little boy, okay, because I don't want to piss off mommy and I don't want to piss off my teachers and I don't want to piss off the state. If you're doing that, you are doing what they want you to do. That's the first person I want to piss off in the state. I don't give a shit. Well, that's why ask for permit, you know, asking for permission, you're invariably going to get told no. Right. And that's just nothing too. It's like, it's never, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. And then if someone slaps your wrist and says, Hey, you shouldn't do that. That's when you go, Oh, my bad. Yeah. Usually you don't even get a slap on the wrist sometimes. No, most most guys get, it's like most guys that get scared of going up to a girl and it's like, what's the, like, what's the worst that can happen? She's going to tell you no. She's going to tell you no, but you you got guys thinking that she's going to like throw water in your face and like beat you to death and stuff like that. I'm just like, no, dude, most 99.9% of the time, she's just going to tell you no, thank you. 
or she's gonna tell you I have a boyfriend. Uh, I mean, that's it. Because nothing, no, nothing ventured, nothing gained, and not, nobody's gonna give a shit. I mean, okay? even guys but, won't do that. But stop worrying about covering your ass so much. Okay, take some fucking risks. That's what we are. We are risk assessors and we are risk takers. Now, does that mean go out and play jacks and marbles out on the interstate during rush hour? Probably not. But if you do, Darwinism, motherfucker, you deserve what you get. Okay, that's my take on that one. You, you should be having less warnings, warning labels, not There not you more. go. That's my opinion, is that there should be less warning labels because well, it is this coddle culture that now has the a great majority of guys that I see day in, day out in real life and on the internet that are scared of their own shadows. And it's like, no wonder, you know, women are moaning, you know, where are all the good men gone? And, and all the guys, yeah, women ain't shit because you're fat and you're entitled and you're princesses and blah, blah, blah. And yet I can go, boo! And they're like, ah! And it's like you scared little motherfuckers. That needs to be a that needs to be a gif meme, oh, right? Rob doing that. But there well, you're, you go. you're you're right though because the I mean think about it this way: it's all about wanting a guaranteed outcome. And who who is the gender that wants guaranteed outcomes? It's women. Everything in their everything in their approach to locking down men or whatever it is for their lives, it, it all really is a lot of it motivated by wanting a guaranteed outcome. When are men at their best? When they don't care, when they're outcome independent and they take risks. When are men at their worst? When they're acting like women and they want a guaranteed outcome. And because, because they want that guaranteed outcome and they're so tied into it, that's where all the fear and the anxiety and everything else comes in. So that's what they end up dealing with rather than taking risks and learning how to not give a shit about what the outcome is as long as you do your thing. And that's, that's, that's exactly why things are, as Rob says. I can Case. give them a guarantee. I can guarantee that they're going to die at some point in their life. Okay, guarantee. Uh, this kind of stems back to the whole rapper from Subway. Uh, don't eat the rapper. Is that what they did after someone ate the rapper? Or are they just being a wimp? Are they virtue signaling? CYA is what people, it, it's really what constructing policies and behaviors in a way that you try to head off any sort of blame or retribution or blowback. Which is what most guys are trying to do today. They're exactly. trying to not only do it from an organizational level, which again, I kind of understand, especially here in the United States where we are such a litigious society. So I get it. They're trying to head, you know, head the, the train, you know, head them off at the pass. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Yep. But we're seeing it filter down from not just the corporate and the state level where we have to put warning labels on cigarettes and warning labels on coffee and warning labels on uh, hoagie sandwiches from Subway, apparently. But it's guys taking it to the extreme of, I got to cover my ass. Well, Chess says it as usual, boils it down the best, just that it's CYA is prophylactic. That's exactly right. A life forever. <laughs> Well, there you go, like a life condom. But, you know, this is the thing. And this is where, again, I guess it kind of does come back to don't eat paint. 
don't you know use common fucking sense and if if i have to give you a label that says use common sense to me when, when i see uh, a company or an organization or an individual who tells me because my dad actually did this to me the other day i i called him up we were talking and i told him hey dad I'm going to start looking for another job. Uh, things are getting pretty ridiculous around here. Uh, they just fired my big boss because he would not be a yes man. They shit canned him for it. Not surprised, but at the same time, it's a disappointment, which it tells me the direction corporate wants to go. And it's not good for us, the guys on the ground. It's not good for me. So, yeah, you know, I, I want to go ahead. You know, I'm going to start looking for another job. And he's like, oh, you know, well, that's that's too bad. You know, I get it. And we talk for a minute and then he goes, well, don't go off and do something rash like, you know, quit your job before you got something lined up. <laughs> and I was like, wait, hold up. Stop the press. Stop right there, dad. And he's like, what? I'm like, I'm almost 50. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, when have I ever in the 38 years of me being employed? me working i've worked since i was 12. when have i ever quit a job and not had something lined up i you know i'm being serious i was like dad i'm being serious I, it's a genuine question when have i ever done that and he's like well i haven't you haven't ever done that i'm like then why are you telling me that <laughs> because it sounds like either you think i'm incompetent or if I had been rash in the past, maybe like when I was a teenager or even in my 20s, I could maybe understand you throwing that out there. Well, I'm just giving fatherly advice, except it's unnecessary and I find it insulting because it sounds to me like you think I'm not competent, that I need a warning. You know, hey, don't don't go do something rash. Yes, because that's what I fucking do all the time. I'm always rash, Dad. Thank you, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay. Well, sometimes, man, sometimes so, parents, parents. I would say it's just, it's just it's just he he went he went he was totally in his emotions. He was he was, yeah. and I'll tell you what, you could hear the fucking the tires squeal on you know the rubber on the road when I was like, hold up. You know, it's like, where are you going with this, Dad? You know, if I was 20 again, I could maybe see it. Or if I had made a bunch of rash decisions, especially when it comes to employment, I could maybe see that, yeah, yeah you, you kind of warrant that. But I'm like, I've worked since I was 12. I'm almost 50. I've never just up and quit a job and not had something lined up. So why are you telling me this now? Yeah, because that. it's I found it insulting. That's and that's that. how that's how I kind of look at warning labels on shit. Unless it's something that is this really unique, weird thing that God, there's only like five of them in the world. And hey, if you fuck around with this thing, it, it's gonna do this to you. Then it's like, oh God, I didn't know that. God, that's good to know. But, oh, gee, tobacco causes cancer. Hmm. Oh, alcohol. Well, if you drink, you might be impaired, so you probably ought to not drive. Hmm. Gee, going and talking to girls, you might get rejected. Hmm. Well, that's, that's the problem, though, Rob, is that a lot of times, it's like you were saying earlier about common sense, and I think that's what partially the problem is, is that kids are kids and young people are not taught to think critically and to think rationally. So whenever whenever they don't have that skill set, they're driven by emotionalism and that's that's a problem. And that's when you start getting all these hyperbolic thoughts in your mind and stuff because you're you're basically being guided by your emotions.
Well, here's a lot and a lot of guys, young guys too. You know, I had Nick Jr. taught me a good lesson about what Rob just talked about a few years ago because he had he was he always had a lot of drive and a lot of initiative. He, you know, he'd go out and get jobs and once he learned everything he could from that job, he would just be like you know, fuck this job. I'm going to go do something more challenging. And so at first I was like, why are you, why are you always job hopping everywhere? And he's like, because I, you know, there's no challenge anymore. I've learned everything, you know, it's been three months, how, how, you know, whether it's, you know, making pizzas or, you know, rotating tires or whatever else, it's like, if they're not gonna let me do anything more, then I'm going to go somewhere where they can. And at first it was, I was kind of like, you know, that was, that was shock. You know, I was kind of, I was kind of shocked to see there was still kind of that because that's a kind of a blue blue pill mindset that I had was like, well, you know, you should be, you know, you should be consistent and you have a commitment and everything else. And I got to think and I was like, well, no, that's bullshit because if, you know, if they ran, you know, if, if the owner of the business, you know, spent too much money on whores in Thailand, he'd come back and he'd fired my kid because he didn't, couldn't afford to pay him. So why should he be loyal to that bullshit? I was like, yeah, okay, you're right. And then he, and then, and then a little while later, he quit his. He had a good job going, and it was still fairly challenging. And he quit it because he wanted to start his own his own trucking logistics company, where he would where he would just connect people that needed deliveries uh, or something shipped with um, with independent truckers that he would sign up. So he went out, he got himself some independent truckers who would work with him, and he started doing this for a couple of months. And I was like, you know, you, you do at least have insurance, right? And he was like, yes, I've got insurance. I've got this. So so it's all set up. I said, how many drivers have you got? And I said, well, I really only have one I can rely on. And I was like, well, you know, that's a choke point, right? And he was like, yeah, I know. And I said, you sure you really thought this thing through? And he was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm doing it, whatever. So he did it. <laughs> and, and and so Good he did it and a couple of a cup a few weeks just a few weeks later the guy that he was the guy who's who uh, who was driving for him was taking a like a track hoe or something down to miami and he had a bearing seize up on one of the wheels on the trailer oh and it caught fire just outside of miami and burned up the whole trailer and part of the cab before the before they got the fire put out and so <laughs> No, he had insurance covering this and it was an independent trucker. So he had his own insurance too and all this other shit. But then the trucker got mad at Jake. Uh, well, Nick Jr., real name Jake. I popped that one. Oops. Um, oops. <laughs> but uh, so he got so he got mad at him because, uh, you know, because, you know, that was his truck now and he couldn't, you know, I don't know what the deal was with the insurance and everything. So it got in this big whole thing and I was sitting back and I was kind of like, Part of me was like, ah, see, yeah, you know, you shouldn't have done that. But then two weeks later, he had got, he, because he had that experience, the people that he used to work for knew a logistics company that needed somebody to do what Jake was doing in his, in his little business. And so in two weeks, he had a, he had the job that he has now that he's doing great at because he took that, because he took that risk, because he knew what he wanted to do. And he went off and did it. Yeah, that crashed and burned. But because he did it, that made him a very appealing candidate to this company that hired him because they're like, hey, you know, this is a young guy. He's got initiative. He went and did this on his own. Um, you know, it crashed and burned, but not really because, you know, of anything he did. And so that's the kind of guy we want. So they hired him. 
That's a that's pretty good. Uh, two things on that. A really good friend of mine's mother did that. It was she owned a business doing that for 15 years, and then she turned around and finally sold her business for uh, several millions of dollars. Uh, and the other thing too is that like nowadays the uh, having one or two jobs is, is actually bad on your resume, <laughs> depending on what what career. Uh, you're getting into because they, they like to see more experience and not less, especially yep. if you're like in tech and stuff like that. Yep. So, I mean, I, you know, and I, I get it, you know, I get it from, I, I get it from your perspective about being pissed off at your dad doing that. But, you know, as somebody who a couple of years ago had to learn that lesson all over again, you know, I can't. My, my mom does that know. to me all the time. And my, my dad was the one that, that explained it to me. I was about 20 years old because I got pissed at my mom one day. Cause she said something similar to the, to what your dad said to you, Rob. And I, I got fucking pissed off. My dad said, look, man, he's like, your mom is always going to think of you as her child. And there's nothing you can do to make her not think that. So she's going to, she's going to treat you like a child every once in a while. Cause that's how she sees you. You're her boy. And she's, there's nothing you can do about it. So just, just, you know, let her, let her do. Let, well, let and her my do mom before she died, did it too. And I understand exactly what you're saying, Bull. I, that one, she pissed me off and irritated me too, but at least you're right. It was the mom, but now my dad's doing it. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Cause like you my need dad, to stop, yeah. dad. Yeah. you need to stop, especially, like I said, if I was 20 again, or I had a history of making rash decisions for all the for all the risk taking that i encourage in other men okay number one i have taken all of those risks myself okay this is not me sitting in an ivory tower looking down upon the 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 plebes and going oh go and go forth and do your thing while I'm sitting here going, fuck that, I ain't doing that shit, okay? All the shit that I have encouraged guys or told them, just fucking go out and do it. I've done it, okay? And I was the guy, I, I've had, dude, you guys, most of you know this. I was in the armored car industry for 14 years, okay? Delivering money, working on ATMs, carrying a gun, wearing body armor. Every day, I was taking a risk, that I may not come home. I could get shot and get killed for what I had. All right. 14 years every fucking day that I worked. Okay. That job taught me risk assessment. Okay. If something seems off, it probably is. Okay. Even if you can't put your finger on it, I trusted my gut, if you will. There were plenty of times where things got fucking hairy. All right. I'm still here, okay? I, I've had unprotected sex with a lot of different women over the years. I've only had two pregnancy scares, okay? Most guys are scared of their own shadows, and I get it. I'm not Mr. let the chips fall where they may and I just go out and do random stupid fucking shit, okay? Everything I do is still a risk and I still assess it. I still look at things and, and I know guys in my real world, real time, real life guys, guys I used to ride motorcycles with in the MC world, okay? Those fuckers were crazy, all right? That I'm like, whoa, I'm not doing nothing near what you fuckers are doing, okay? But everyone has their level. But most guys, I look at my level and I think I'm not extreme at all. Mine's actually very conservative, really. That when I think about, ah, let's go do this. 
Nine out of ten. I may make a snap judgment real quick, but I've already planned it through in my head because chances are I've already done it. And it's like, ah, nothing happened that time. Nothing happened a million times before. Yeah, but Rob, that one time. You know what? But I'm tired of that one time. Okay, It's always the outlier. And if everyone's an outlier, then nobody's an outlier. Well, besides that, it's like, isn't isn't aren't coat hangers like still 10 for a dollar i mean yeah. jesus christ dude what the fuck y'all acting like coat hangers are like 20 bucks a pop don't worry about it but it's it's just one of those things that guys i'm not telling you to go out and do stupid shit or whatever it is whatever however you want to take what i'm saying like i'm just saying throw all caution and all common sense to the wind i'm not okay and i'm not one of those wild guys that hey there's a cliff. Let's go jump off it just to see what happens. No. Okay. I still assess all my risks. I know that my threshold for risk is a lot higher than, well, honestly, most of the guys that I see on the internet, at least. That it's like, man, you fuckers are afraid of your own shadow. You're afraid to go talk to a girl. Where yeah, I'm they're like, not afraid to get married, though. No, they're not afraid to get married because they found their one. Isn't that the ironic, the, the irony yeah. of it all? They'll, they'll turn around and get married after six weeks of knowing her where I'm like, you might want to hold off. Fuck you, man. I, this, I found my one. But it's like, okay, whatever. But if, are, I say, if, but if I tell you, you against something, you probably want to fucking pay attention. Yeah, if I'm <laughs> the voice of reason, there's yeah. something wrong here. Mm -hmm. hey, but I am, in a way, the voice of reason because... Everything I do is a risk, but it is a calculated risk. I know my risks of getting an STD. I know my risks of getting a girl pregnant. I know my risks of getting fucking fired, okay? I know my risks of getting shot. I know what the risks are. And most guys think that, at least from the way they act, the way they act online, the way they act in real life, you would think that Every little tiny movement is going to automatically get them a baby that they didn't want, an STD they didn't want, so their dick's going to fall off. It's going to get them shot, and it's going to get them fired from the first go. Because there was that one guy, because I have a cousin's brother's uncle's friend's uh, roommate that that happened to. I think some of these guys need to get shot at and put shit into perspective for them. Well, like you know, it, it's, it goes back to, you know, you probably haven't ever been punched. You've probably never been punched in the face. And so when you get hit in the face and your fucking nose gusses open and you can't fucking see because of the tears in your eyes because you are you will cry. It's an automatic response. It's autonomic even, okay? But when you don't break into a million pieces and shatter like fucking fine crystal, you'll realize, oh, that wasn't that bad. Just That's why like you gotta take risks, yeah. Well, just like when you meet a girl and you move her in and, hey, you, you start talking about family and you're envisioning this future, and then she decides to pull the pin on it for whatever her reasons were. And it doesn't matter why. Right why did she do it? Because she could. And then two weeks after that, while you're still going, what the fuck just happened? Your mother dies. And then you, you fucking get through it. You don't get over it. You get through it and you realize, hmm, I survived all these things. I survived 14 years of not getting shot on the job. I've survived countless sexual encounters where I don't have Rob Jr. running around or Rob, you know, Robalina, you know, Bobby. <laughs> I don't have a little girl running around. Little Bobby. I, yeah, exactly. I don't have, you know, I don't have some weird disease and my dick fell off or it quit working. Or, you know, gee, 
I, I said the wrong thing or I did the wrong thing on the job and I, oh, I, I, now I'm blacklisted and I'm unhirable. None of that shit has ever happened. He's never blacked out and woke up in a bathhouse in San Francisco. And it's I mean, weird no, because- No, but I blacked out and woke up in the basement <laughs> of a girl's house and was like, well, what the fuck, how did I get here? That was weird <laughs> because like guys, guys worry about, guys worry about risk assessment about the wrong shit. It's like, go out and drive like look at the statistics for traffic accidents and, and traffic fatalities right. those, are, those are those are insane dude because like there's a better chance there's usually a better chance of you dying in a car accident than whatever bullshit is anything else that's, that's anything right else. Yeah. yeah and and yet you know you're scared to talk to a girl and we need to cover our asses and yet you get into a fucking motor vehicle every day to go to work to go go to go to the bar to meet the girls or to not meet the girls you, well, you get in a fucking car every day at least here in the united states the great majority of guys the online and in real life are getting on a bike getting in a car and they're taking their chances and they don't think twice about it but boy drinking that's poison oh well talking to girls uh, she she's just gonna fucking wreck your life later uh, so we need warning labels for everything. And yet I don't see warning labels on cars that caution driving this vehicle may result in death. Well, think about all and think about all of the how this also applies to some of what you were saying earlier with the CYA and the warning labels thing and how it applies to this to our, our space is that most dudes are still not taking the risks. They're just getting online and arguing about what the risks are. Yep. Or, you know, they're telling other people how to live, but they're not doing those things themselves because they don't want to take the risks either. Yep. And just because just because you're like just because you support like, you know, a red pill or whatever, just because you support those ideals and you, you bitch about it or you you talk about it online, that doesn't mean you're living it. And if you're not living it, you don't really know what you're fucking talking about anyway. So, you know, that's there's a lot of that that I see going on, which is, you know, well, if I were single again, I would go and I would do this. But since I'm married, you know, I really yada, can't. Yada, yada, so. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, a lot of there's a lot of that going on. I think I think there's a lot of tough talk online and then a lot of a lot of tradcon guys and a lot of guys who make fun of tradcon guys, I think at the end of the day, they're still, uh, they're you know, the same thing, basically. They whatever just have Jesus in the mix, but they're scared shitless too. Whatever wifey says, they do. Well, and whatever the they, boss says. They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, rock the boat there. No, you know. gotta check in with the boss. Gotta see what the boss says. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> just don't, don't be afraid to do that line of coke and stick your dick in that stripper's ass. Tell your, you know, go home and tell your wife, no, I'm not doing yard work today. I'm going and throwing darts and drinking beer with Rob. See yeah, what happens. She'll be mad. See, who, who has the darts? We're throwing axes. Who's got, well, whatever. Who's got, you were, you were pretty much the only guy who was sticking an axe. Everybody else, they were just yeah. bouncing off the fucking, <laughs> I've done that before. It yeah, is kind of it, it is kind of difficult if you haven't it done it. It, yeah, is, uh, it, it takes a minute to figure it out. But once you kind of lock into it and you kind of figure out, the because a lot of it's in the axe, yep. different handles, different weights, all that. But once you kind of figure it out, dude, you get into a zone where they all just fucking go. So, but yeah, that, that's what it would be. We're going to go out and drink beer and throw fucking heavy, sharp edged objects. 
at fucking wood. You know, what What greater recipe for disaster? Alcohol and axes. And yep. yet, when we went, nobody got hurt. Nobody lost a finger, lost a limb, lost a digit. And I know we'd all been drinking. And I've done it before here in Salt Lake because there's a few of them places around here and they serve booze too. And the only time they'll fucking cut you off is if you act like an idiot. You know, you're all, I'm so drunk. Oh my God. And then they'll be like, yeah, you're cut off. But if you can hold your alcohol and not act like a fucking spurred, they'll just keep serving you. And man, the axe throwing just gets better at that point because you loosen up and you're just like, fuck, you're sinking them to where you're like having to grab it with both hands and put your leg against the wood to pull it out because that's how deep in it is that it's like, dude, if this was some dude's chest, this fucker would be dead. Cause they'd go right straight in. Sounds like sounds like Rob just knew just learned a new skill set for the for the impending uh, collapse the of society. <laughs> it's, it's for the apocalypse. I know how to throw axes. Nice, yeah. it, dude. It's fun. Next it's a up, lot of... archery. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. Uh, I'll just no? throw axes. Nice. Well, you you won't, you won't run out of ammo though. But, it's uh, a hell of a lot easier to dodge an axe than it is to dodge an arrow. I can tell you that. That's true. Oh, or we're gonna do tough guy talk now. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean well it's easier to dodge an axe than it is to dodge an arrow yeah. <laughs> sounds like you know from experience dick well no it's just you've been you dodging know, axes and got nailed by a, a you know a, a four point or something what feet, feet per second you can see an axe coming you can't it's hard to see an arrow coming we need we need to uh we need to get in some armor or not some armor we need to get some chain mail and get a couple like some broadswords dude that would be fun fucking go at each other in full plate mm -hmm. dude we, we'd be swinging so slow because it would be so heavy but fucking yeah. the clang I mean it'd last for like maybe 90 seconds but it'd be the best 90 seconds of your life oh dude you'd be sweating buckets after <laughs> you'd be that so dude. tired between you'd that plate such a workout wearing that shit between, yeah. between the plate armor and, and that sword oh <laughs> yeah you, and you would feel every you, you hit would, you would not be able to move your arms the next day no, you'd be sore as a motherfucker. Yeah, that reminds me of when the kids were young. We would, we got them paintball shit one year, and we would play. I would play. We we would have a like just a paintball war in the yard, and because uh, we lived by the woods, so there were a lot of trees and shit. So it would be me. It would be me. It would be a free for all, basically me against the two boys. But of course, they would always gang up on me. They wouldn't go after each other. And and they yeah, were that's just a smart move, you know, go after Goliath. Right. There was so there was this and the 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 paintball the paintball guns we got were like the cheapest ones at first because the kids were kind of young, so we didn't you know we didn't we didn't have a lot of money to spend. We just got the cheapest shit. And so, you know, they didn't they didn't shoot very very hard or fast, and you could see the paintball coming. And so you could and and the paintball was always curving, right? There was always some kind of there was always come some kind of curve on it. And I can remember this one time I stepped out and I shot at Nick Jr., who was only about four or five at the time. And and I shot it and the and it and it curved perfectly and hit him right in the mask, the visor part of the mask. And so it, you know, it essentially hit him right between the eyes. And he and he immediately fired back at me, and I was I was too slow, and I could I just I saw the thing curving in at the last minute, and now I was out there wearing a t-shirt, shorts, and a ball cap. They were wearing their armor and their bullshit, right? 
that, that fucking paintball curves in and hits me right square in the nut. I mean, <laughs> and that hurt like shit. And, and those two, I've never seen them laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> they were just, you know, it was like, you know, dude. <laughs> you won. <laughs> Bullseye. You hit dad in the nads. How much better? How much better could you have done? Uh, you seriously <laughs> couldn't have done much better. I See, think that's that the other thing too. That's when the best. Like whenever, whenever you're less cautious, man. It's like that's when all the best stories happen. Yes, yeah. it really yeah. is. That's where all the good stories come from. And you know, and I, and it it goes back to I think of all the shit I've done over the years, all the risks I've taken, all the stupid shit. You know, that I can look back at it and go, yeah, that was pretty stupid. But I'm still here. Okay, I'm not dead. I'm not in a catatonic state or a vegetable state sitting on life support in a hospital somewhere. I'm fucking here. I'm still alive. I have all appendages, all my fingers and toes and all my body parts. Everything is accounted for. I'm a little worse for wear as I've gotten older. But man, the fucking stories, when I think of the dumb shit that I've done, <laughs> but it was because I took a risk. And even they were you, calculated risks. So that it's like, die, yeah. At least huh? you were doing what you wanted to do. Well, and die. that ultimately, I agree with you ultimately. Mm -hmm. That, hey, if I do die, you know what? I'm doing what I enjoy. I do what I love. It's better. I would rather be dead, you know, at 50 doing what I love than being dead at 90 because I was too fucking afraid to do anything. Yeah. You know, what a miserable existence. You're, you're already dead. You just haven't laid down and covered yourself with dirt yet. And so I, I would rather not live to 90 if, if it means that I'm going to be this risk avoider, which is what most guys are today. They're not risk assessors. They're risk avoiders, you know, oh, got to have a warning label on everything and got, you know, that what that one in a million, it could happen to me well, because she, I know a guy. Well, she me too's me. Motherfucker. Yeah, not, motherfucker, you're famous, unless dude. you're a celebrity or you've got major money, you ain't going to get me too because you ain't shit. You ain't shit. You, ain't yeah, shit, you know, and, and even, you know, never mind the money side of things, dude. Sorry to break it to you if you haven't already figured it out because Chest, Ryan, Rolo, everybody's said it in one form or another. But if you're here watching this show, whether you're watching it live or you watch the replay, guess what? You ain't shit. <laughs> and that's you're okay. not. And, that's and it's okay. okay. It is. Yeah. If anything, it's a fucking relief. You yeah. don't matter. Okay. You don't matter that much. You're not going to be missed other than maybe your closest family, your closest friends. You're not going to be missed if you die. Okay. Your fucking coworkers are going to pour out a little liquor for the homie and then they're going to move right on with life. And the rest of the world's not even going to blink their eyes when you die. If you have grandkids. I mean, you'll, you'll be like, you'll your be forgotten about within be a, lucky a generation. To know who you are. You'll be forgotten about within a generation. You will. So you might as well live your life and do the shit you want to do. Stop worrying about asking permission. Stop, stop worrying so much about covering your ass and just go live your fucking life. Go do, do the, the things. Do, do, use the Nick August constitutional. So twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening, when you're brushing your teeth or you're passing by a mirror, just look in the mirror and say, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> now I know you. It's, it's counterintuitive how much that will transform your life. And I'm totally serious about that. You do that for a couple of weeks, pretty soon 
you know, all the shit that you think is so, so bad and rough, you're just not even going to worry about it anymore. It, it's it's the, weird the way that works. That process is a gateway to, to uh, degeneracy. So. Not, nonstop Dre says, Rob versus Nick jousting each other on their own horse. Who would knock who off first? Well, see, Rob and I are old fucks. So what we do is we talk young motherfuckers like you into jousting each other, and then we drink and watch y'all and laugh. <laughs> we don't do that shit ourselves. Age does have its benefits. <laughs> we're not the, you know, at the government job, we're the supervisors standing around. We're not digging the fucking ditch. <laughs> no, no, we're not. So the question is, you know, it's going to be nonstop Dre versus the goddamn bacon. You know, which one of you are we going to laugh at the most? That's what it's going to be. And yeah, and Chess, Chess says risk, risk averse like women gets exactly back into what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, at least what I brought up, which is, which is women want a guaranteed outcome, which is why they want the, you know, the go after the high value do whatever all that bullshit is. That's why they do it. They want they want a guarantee. They want to they want to lock down their future. Men men become who they are by taking risks and shit, not by not by approaching risk the way women do. And that's no shade at women. It, it makes sense for them to do that. I think they, they would be stupid too. not to. They get they get that golden parachute more times than not. So that's why they do it. I mean, if I had a, if I had a daughter, I would want her to, you know, lock down some dude who was going to be solid, who was going to be there for her. Of course I would, you know, because that women, women have a better road in life when that happens. Cause I've seen it go both ways, but you know. yeah, guys well, can't be the parachute. They, but, but guys, but guys can't, it, it works for women. It doesn't work for men. And well, and there you have it. It, it doesn't work for men. If you're going to be risk averse, you are a feminized man and you okay. probably are because you were probably raised by a single mom right yeah i'm not throwing shade and saying like you know you suck right but i am saying that if you are risk averse well you kind of yeah you kind of do <laughs> stuff. you do but you because can fix if, it you yeah can fix it, it it's totally fixable because yeah. that means you got to take some risks okay but if you are risk averse like women as as what chesty here said that's that's what women do. And if you're doing that, I got a CYA and a blah, 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 blah. You're a feminized man. And let me tell you something else that you're not going to like. If you're constantly arguing on, if you're constantly arguing on social media with feminists and whatever, and you're defending the, you're def, you think you're out there defending the red pill, what you're really doing is sucking. What you're really, what you're really doing is you're still being a woman. Yeah, cut that shit out, man. Jesus. <laughs> I like what you smoke by life. It, dude, no get one here gets out alive. And to quote Fight Club, on a long enough timeline, the probability of survival goes to zero. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all get it. smoked by life. We do. The, no one make. here gets out alive. So you might as well live your fucking life and take some goddamn chances. Like and a... Dre, what is my thought on funerals? They're fucking, their funerals to me are, what's the term I'm thinking of? It slipped my mind. Gay. Well, gay is one way to put it, but they're, they're morbid. Okay. It's, it's like, I understand the concept. Well, it's not about the dead. It's about, you know, respect to the living, the people who carry on. My opinion cope. is I'm never going to have a funeral. I may have a wake. 
where people can drink, get drunk, tell stories about shit that I said, shit we did together. But otherwise, I'm not having a funeral. I'm not doing that ghoulish bullshit. It's like, no, that's, that's, it's ghoulish. That's the word. I had a, I had a neighbor across the street a couple years ago invite me to his, his, uh, wedding. I told him, I said, I don't, I don't attend funerals. It's not my thing. He just had this fucking expressionless look on his face. I'm like, all right, go away. As, as an emergency room doctor once told me when my, I cut my tip of my finger off and was, was bleeding to death. Uh, <laughs> he, so what he, you're saying is you got a paper cut. All right. He started. No, I was using one of those. You know what a you know what a mandolin slicer is in the kitchen. Yes. It's one of those things. Well, I was I was slicing a potato without using that little grippy thing. I was just yeah. using my hand. Yeah, you were using hard. Yeah. yeah, and I just went all the way down and just sliced off the tip of my pinky, and it just, I mean, gallons. It was like it it, it was it was like gallons of blood just gushing out everywhere. You just put like a rubber band on and cut off the circulation. And so I went. So I went there. I put some. I put some. <laughs> yeah. Good one. <laughs> Got me. Um, but I was. But the emergency. So the. So they couldn't. They couldn't really stop the bleeding. It was just like they'd keep packing it. It would still. It would bleed and soak the gauze, and we just had to keep replacing the gauze. And they said eventually it. You know, you just got to keep replacing the gauze every time it gets soaked through. And I said, well, when's it going to stop? And he just, he shrugged. He was like, all bleeding. He said, all bleeding eventually stops. The hell kind of hospital did you go to? Jesus it, Christ. It, it was a state-run clinic. It must have been. <laughs> must have been a VA hospital. Shit. Just the regular local hospital, but he didn't know. He didn't know when it was. He said, well, probably... Yeah. It'll probably stop in the next, you know, in the next 12 hours if you keep that, you know, you got to keep pressure on it the entire time, though, because, you know, it's the, they couldn't stitch it. The only thing they could have done, the only thing they could have done was cauterize it. And I was like, what's wrong with that? I don't want that fucking shit. Or you could have just like put a, you, you could have used a rubber band around the, around the pinky to cut off circulation. <laughs> Jesus, now we're going to talk about taking the, the, the balls off a sheep or something here. Get rid of their tail. <laughs> yeah, well, chat holes are just yeah, basically a bunch of smart asses is what it is. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and the bleeding will stop if you bleed to death. Well, that's what that's what he yeah that's it's like all bleeding eventually stops it either clots or you bleed out <laughs> yeah i, I had a guy do that's that on life right there it either clots or you bleed to death <laughs> I, to, I had a guy do that uh co-worker do that to himself a few years back when i was working at a warehouse he he went to back end of a of a tractor trailer and the rails the security rails had come apart and it was broken and uh there's a Jesus. clot yeah he jabbed himself in the thigh and uh it went in about an inch deep and uh, he pulled it back. That was a good little puncture. Jesus. So, yeah. So we, I had to take him to the, uh, I took him to the uh, locker room and shit. And had him lay down on the bench. And I went to the first aid kit and got some, uh, got some anticoagulant powder, and uh, <laughs> he poured it on his leg. Well, that's that's what I that's what I did. They gave me some they gave me some fucked up shit to use. But uh, when I got home, I got I have a bunch of that sea locks, mm -hmm. uh, you know, shit for help. Go burn a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it does. I was surprised, but it, it worked better than anything they did at the mm -hmm. hospital. And uh, and I just had, I just had, you know, I have a lot of first aid shit anyway because you know that was even before I knew Joe Dolio. But 
so I just kept packing it with gauze and putting dumping sealox on it, and I've got a shitload of sealox. Really, it'll slow down. It'll slow down enough to help coagulate the end of that. Thank you. I'm just surprised the doctor didn't fucking tell you to do that at the hospital. He didn't do that at the hospital, man. Well, they, they he said they had these bandages that they put on there that supposedly had uh, coagulant. Yeah, he suck in there, but it, it wasn't worth the shit. My yeah, my shit was much that, better. Man. And I didn't the, the the reason I didn't want it cauterized is I mean he didn't he didn't really offer that as an option. He said for some reason that wasn't a great option, but the <laughs> he just didn't want to fuck around with it. <laughs> I didn't probably. He was he was probably I mean this was on this was on Christmas morning that I did this. So he yeah, was he didn't want to fuck around with it. He was he was back there pouring bourbon in his eggnog or something. That's right. Yeah, he and, was uh, to drink and deal with his kids. He didn't want to fuck around with your pinky. <laughs> I mean, I could I could have probably dealt with the pain. However, they did that, but I didn't want to smell my flesh burning because that would have that would have. I've smelled flesh burning before. Well, pinch your nose, goddamn. That's not that that. Breathe through your mouth. Yeah, breathe through your mouth. <laughs> Don't breathe at all for a while. I'll tell you what, how about you just go to fucking hell? If I was the doctor, I would offer that. If you were the doctor, your answer your answer to everything would be just cut it off and give him a new one. Just cut it off and suck it up. I'd, I'd give you a line of cocaine and fucking anyway. heat up a spoon and just fucking put it, cap it over your, over your pinky. <laughs> this might burn a little bit. Save you on your next copay. <laughs> yeah. Not one of those pussy ass electric ones, the ones you got to put inside the fireplace. The cast iron, an yeah, actual cast, cast iron. iron. Iron, yeah. Well, iron inter iron. Interestingly enough, this was in this was Christmas of two thousand and. 16 i think and uh i didn't have an iron at, in the house at that time so you just need a torch and a spoon man that was right that was right after i got divorced and the ex took the iron and it never occurred to me to go get one because i'd take my clothes to the laundry and just have them do it so i didn't need a fucking iron <laughs> oh fuck i love it oh. I want my no, retainer back. You're no longer my attorney. <laughs> no CYA, no warning labels here. <laughs> there you go. This is what life is like without a warning label. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. I still got the pinky. Still works. Girlfriend satisfied. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if he's doing this. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> What's that thing? The shocker, the, the spocker, the rocker. It's the shocker. Yeah, this is the well, that's shocker. the rocker. That, yeah, this that's the shocker. This that's is the, the rocker. The, there's that's the shocker. That's the oh, spocker. Okay. No, yeah, that, that's, that's the, the spocker. Yeah, that's the spocker, and that's the shocker. What, what's the one that's all five of them? Like the is that the claw or something? That's the fist. That's the minivan. <laughs> that's the minivan. That's the minivan. <laughs> Five in the back. <laughs> oh fuck! Who's is it wrong? We don't. We don't call it a. We don't. We don't call it a mini. Call it a Mexican laundry. 
it, it's been in some girls, you know, it's been in some girls since then, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whittled down for her pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, let, you know, put a put a good spin on it. There's there's the oh, silver lining. <laughs> I bet you're regretting saying, telling us that story now, aren't you, Nick? You ain't gonna tell us oh, shit ever again. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. It's only it's only gonna be yes and no answers from 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 in on with Nick. He's doing CYA. <laughs> He's doing yeah, CYA. Oh fuck! I haven't had this good of a laugh in a couple of weeks. Oh shit! <laughs> Whittled down for her pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, the timing. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you should you should have quit on a high note. Cover your appendages. There's our high note right there. And well, I think I think whittled down for her pleasure was the high note. Well, yeah, yeah, that that was the climax. Now you're we're not gonna you're not gonna up. top that. You're not gonna no, top that. We're really not. And and with that, that was our climax for the evening, kids. So <laughs> we're we're now to the denouement. This is the 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 comfort that comes after the orgasm. After Paul Rush, what do you got? Not much. Lazarus razors. Go there. Go there and buy a razor and know they don't come with fucking warnings on them. They don't have warnings. Buy my shit. Be careful. That's the only warning you get. I, I wouldn't even give the be careful. It'd be like, figure it out. Yeah, they'll find hey, out. You, you never gave me a goddamn warning because I didn't need one. You didn't need one. It'd be exactly. insulting your fucking intelligence. That's why. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I see it. It's like most of these warning labels and guys that need to use warning labels, it's like, dude... You're kind of insulting my intelligence. Stop it. It's like, yeah. uh, let me eat paint if that's what I need to do. Because yeah, obviously, I mean, clearly, I, I'm too fucking you're, stupid. You're a 40-something-year-old man. I, there's not much of shit that I need to tell you. Exactly. You should probably be telling me shit. Well, I could do that, but you wouldn't listen anyway. I wouldn't so listen I, anyway. That's right. There you go. So that's why I don't bother. Okay. Nick, what about you? What do you got? I don't think you cheese dick assholes can all go fuck yourselves. That's what I got. <laughs> All you cheese dick assholes can go fuck yourselves. That's what I've got. That's going to be your epitaph on your fucking headstone. All you cheese dick motherfuckers can go fuck yourselves. What in Latin? Oh, yeah. You know what? Well, I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> how, do you, how do you trans that into Latin? Translate that into Latin. Huh? Oh, I'm Google sure translate. Google has an answer. Yeah, I'm sure Google, Google has an answer. Google provides. That, that it does. The Oracle provides. And you guys can find me at robsays.net, of course, when I get around to doing a video, kind of like tonight, or if I do a pre-produced or write a blog post. I'm thinking about it. But then again, I've got girls to bang and beers to drink. And so, yeah, maybe you get my wisdom. Maybe you don't. Did you really need it? Probably not. So we'll see you all. Exactly. We'll see you all. Oh, actually, I got to do it right. We'll see you all next time. Oh, that was me. <laughs> what the fuck? He left and he, he left, but he, the show's still alive.